What up, everybody? Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Valvoline, the original motor oil. And that shouldn't surprise you because we're recording from the Valvoline booth at SEMA all this week. Did you know that Valvoline is America's very first motor oil brand? For 150 years, they've been innovating, creating, and reinventing motor oil. From the very first high mileage to the first synthetic blend to the first racing oil, they've never stopped stopped pursuing innovation to maximize engine life. And their latest innovation, Extended Protection Full Synthetic Motor Oil, provides 50% better wear protection than industry standards and is 10 times stronger against oil breakdown. Valvoline Extended Protection is specifically formulated with dual defense additive technology, which combines an innovative additive boosted with a fortified detergent system. You may not think that you're a severe driver, but short trips, towing, extreme temperatures, turbocharged engines, heavy loads, or spirited drives all put extra pressure on your engine. And people like Chris Forsberg, Rob Dom, Freddie Tavares Hernandez, Speed Academy, Gears and Gasoline, Dustin Williams, and TJ Hunt all trust Valvoline in their cars. I love Valvoline because of their victories on the racetrack. Everything they've accomplished on the track gives me confidence that I'm putting high-quality motor oil into my car. They've got a dedicated engine lab, which allows them to run specialized and standardized engine tests right in their own facility, and they're the number one supplier of EV battery fluids, offering tailored products to help extend vehicle range and efficiency. Valvoline is proud to be the official motor oil of Hendrick Motorsports, and Valvoline driver Kyle Larson was crowned the 2021 NASCAR Cup regular series champion with nine wins and 2,000 laps led. So thanks to Valvoline for bringing us out to SEMA this week and giving us a booth to record from. And find Valvoline, ask for it by name, at your local auto parts store. Oh, man, dude, we are also uh, sponsored by Viore. This is brilliant. Why? Because in this particular situation, I found a product in a store, started buying it, started using it, and then talked about it on the podcast. And then you guys, the fans, got a hold of the Viore people and said, Matt Farah is talking about your product. You should sponsor their show. And here they are sponsoring the show. I talked about their products because I have been buying uh, a shirt they make called the Strato, which is a T-shirt that is the single best moisture wicking T-shirt I have ever worn. I literally bought six of them. And now that I've got a Viore discount code, which I'll share with you guys, I'm going to buy a dozen more. I've basically stopped wearing all other t-shirts. Viore is a new perspective on performance apparel. It's perfect if you're sick and tired of traditional workout gear. And this ad they gave me talks a lot about working out. And Viore shirts are good for working out because of the moisture wicking thing. But honestly, I just wear them all the time. They're great stylish t-shirts and you could pair them with a blazer if you wanted that look. You could pair them with jeans when you go out. They're really well, they really fit nicely. Um, A a bunch of folks asked me if they were, they kind of misheard me. I said they were great for sweaty people, but they misheard me and said, what are the shirts that are good for big boys? And that's 
true and not true. They come up to a double XL and they fit the, the fit is very true. It's a good fit. They don't have like five XL. So I'm sorry about that. But if you're sweaty, if you are a sweaty person and you don't like the idea of appearing sweaty, these shirts are incredible uh, when it comes to moisture wicking. They're also uh, offsetting their carbon footprint 100%. Uh, they're reducing and offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 and beyond, utilizing better sustainable materials for their products, which help empower your best active life. I'm not sure what those two have to do with each other, but nevertheless, they are good. Uh, the shirts and the pants are incredibly versatile and comfortable. Give them to, as a holiday gift for the sweaty person in your lifestyle. They're designed to look good in everyday life, perfect for working out. Uh, I wear them to Pilates class. I wear them on the elliptical machine, but I also wear them in the videos we make. I, may, I wear them when I'm just out and about. They are just my T-shirts now, and they're soft. They're thin. They are, and, and when it's hot out, oh, man, the Viore shirts are the best. They're super, super comfortable and incredibly moisture-wicking. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. And it's it's, spelled, it's pronounced Viore, but it's spelled V-U-O-R-I. So V-U-O-R-I dot com slash tire. Okay, V-U-O-R-I dot com slash tire, and that will get you 20% off your first purchase, free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75, and free returns. So V-U-O-R-I dot com slash tire, and discover the versatility of Viore. I'm so happy to have them here because I started by, by being a customer, and here they are. It's delightful. How about Stance? Stance Apparel is here. Also, all our friends and family only seem to want Stance Apparel for the holidays. You know, it used to be weird getting a clothing as a gift from relatives you're never going to wear. Worse yet, socks and underwear? That was boring, but Stance has changed the game with their comfy, colorful gear. They sent us uh, some socks, which I brought to SEMA to check out, and they are really nice. They got cool, fun colors. You can wear them with sneakers. You can wear them under a pair of slacks. You could even wear them with a suit, actually, because they're kind of like thin enough, and, and the, t the weave is tight enough. They don't look like athletic socks. They look like a dress sock, but they could be uh, an athletic sock also if you want. But like, it's hard for me to find socks because it's like not, it's somewhere in between like kitschy and corny and then your standard black athletic sock or white athletic sock. But Stance has it. Great colors, great designs, creatively comfortable apparel that everyone can enjoy. Just go to Stance.com and fill up your cart they're guaranteed to make merry with quality comforts for you and your family. They made gift-giving super simple this holiday season. Stance's premium line of socks, apparel, and more always comes correct with colorful constructions, innovative materials, and choice fits that are built to last. Mm. So, I I mean, I, I got like, I got one to have like cats on them. I got some really fun stuff, but there's also collaborations with the Goonies, Batman, Star Wars, The Office, Wu-Tang Clan, Bob Marley, Marvel, Major League Baseball, the NBA, all these companies and more and individuals have collaborations with Stance. So I really like the socks they sent me. They're very comfortable. You can wear them with any outfit. 
Quality seems very, very high so far. So Stance has the perfect gift for every punk and poet on your list. Go see for yourself. Head over to Stance.com, just spelled just like it sounds, Stance.com, and pick out some styles you think they might like. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Last but certainly not least is... Policy genius, baby. Rethinking your home and auto insurance. Thanksgiving is coming up, and there is a lot to be thankful for, like the French onion stuffing I'm going to cook this year. Mm -mm. Get that turkey order in early, folks. And consider if you're paying too much for home and auto insurance. And if you are, you could be. I mean, pretty much everyone should be thinking that, right? Everyone's like, God, this insurance bill stinks. Dinks, maybe Policy Genius can help. There's never a bad time to find ways to bundle your home and auto insurance and save with Policy Genius. Are they almost up for renewal? Time to renew those policies? Let Policy Genius find a lower rate for you. They make it easy to compare home and auto insurance in one place, helping you find home and auto coverage similar to what you have now. But at a lower price, they save customers an average of $1,250 a year over what they were paying for home and auto insurance. And Policy Genius's team will handle the paperwork to set up your new policy or switch over your current one. Getting started is super easy. Head over to policygenius.com slash smoking tire and answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. Then Policy Genius takes it from there, comparing rates from America's top insurers from progressive to all state to find your lowest quotes then the policy genius can look for ways to save you more money including including bundling your home and auto policies if they find a better rate than what you're paying now they'll switch you over for free their top-notch service has earned policy genius thousands of five-star reviews across trustpilot and google so head over to policygenius.com slash smoking tire to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. All right, folks, on this episode, we are still at our SEMA Valvoline booth, and today we're talking to Rob Dom, uh, engineer, YouTuber, mad scientist, and evangelist for the Rotary Engine. This dude has projects on projects on projects. Uh, I really like his way of thinking about certain stuff. Uh, I've known him for a couple of years, but we've never really sat down in a long form way to discuss the, the ridiculousness of some of the projects that he is working on. But this conversation is a true pleasure. Uh, Rob Dom is on the Smoking Tire podcast. We, uh, we do the intros at home, so we just right in. Just dive right in. We're there. This okay. is it. This is the whole show. Wow. Rob Dom is in our non-enclosed studio at uh, SEMA. What the fuck is up? Are you alive today? I- I'm very alive. Did you go out last night? Uh, I did. To the buffet. <laughs> did you buffet it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went to... Uh, Which buffet? The back Bacchanal. The, oh, really? Yeah. Was I went, it delightful? I, t- I took all the guys because we, we made it here with both of our project cars. Like, not on trailers. The cars, we drove them from L.A. Which car did you drive here? I took the rotary vet. Get the fuck out of yeah, here. You did? Serious, yeah. Really? It's, it's over at MGM right now. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. It's not even, like, in the show. You just drove no, it here? I'm supposed to. I'm supposed, just, yeah, just I'm to commute? Well, you know, I, the one thing I get most roasted about is, okay, you can make power now. What about reliability? And so, generally speaking, when that car's not on my channel, it actually is running. I just get bored. I love, I love 
tweaking with it. I love tweaking in general. <laughs> I love tweaking my cars and tuning them. So as soon as I get bored with them, you break them. Yeah, I break them to <laughs> do something more. Did, yeah, yeah. So, so the good. So okay. So if the audience is not looking at it at this moment, odds are it works. Yes, that's good. That's right. That is actually true. I just get bored. But What's yes, the, is it so? When I drove uh, an RX-7 a couple years ago with an LS motor in it, Ugh. I was like, wow, this feels just like a Corvette. Yes. How about that? If you go the other way and yep. you put a rotary into a Corvette, does it feel like an RX-7? Um, no. The gearing. You instantly notice the gearing. Are you still using Corvette gearing? I, I, my goal was to use all Corvette minus the engine. Okay. And uh, that was counterproductive for me, but it, it proved the point I wanted to do, which was be, you know be extreme show uh-huh. show that the opposite could be done but i mean the gearing is horrible for because it's way too long right yes. yeah, yeah okay because you've got no torque yep and so you all right so what is that like to drive gears are way too so long first gear you're like uh, <laughs> yeah. and then you finally you know, what you do you what is clutch. red line in first gear can you do zero to 60 in first uh, i could i yeah. absolutely could absolutely could you know if, uh but it's really funny because also counterintuitively is that when I was driving from Vegas, I'm doing six gear, 2,000 RPM in a rotary, and as long as it's as, like you know, ball game. yeah, but as long as you're as you're as long as you're going flat, as soon as you can feel the slightest incline, the car's just close to shit. But <laughs> you at, know what's funny is that actually happens in Corvettes too. <laughs> okay. with a V8 like that, that gear is like. I like it in Corvettes because it's that fuel economy gear, and yeah. that's how you know you could have a 500 horsepower car that still gets 25 miles a gallon. It's pretty cool, but like. You did. You had a downshift out of yeah. six oh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It, what's funny is it goes six, d fifth, d fourth, d. Like I, I'm finally down to second and third to actually have power again. Now, you know, counter counter to what everybody says about rotaries not having torque, they just don't have it at the That's, same spot. Right. And so, so they make know, it at 8,500 RPM. Yeah, they still yeah. have torque. So why it, are you so into rotaries? Um. You know, it's what people want me to be. No, no, I truly, I genuinely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have no, I have For no the backbone. lulls, dude. Yeah, the, no the backbone. numbers say. You actually want to be a yeah. gardener, but you're yeah. stuck you in know, this I, role. Don't you Truth think, is, but, I love LS and motors. No, no, no. but like, don't you think that, is it like literally that people like want, want to believe that they're shitty and they want to like hate watch the videos for that? You know, I, I, th- I think that some of my audience thinks that I am just like, Leading, you know, like I'm obsessed with rotaries, and I am obsessed, but but from a technical standpoint, it is not like I believe rotaries are better. I do not. Rotaries are are a, a less developed engine. They will not have a place in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the missions just show that no matter how much we fix yeah, everything so else, so inefficient that it's just not going to work. But I love the the uniqueness to it. Uh-huh. You know, as a YouTuber, I am not the type of guy that wants to be like fighting Shmi or somebody else to unveil the new Lamborghini. Like I, I'm not that guy. I don't want to be the, you know, like I, I, I love having content that I create. Thank God for that. Yeah, for myself. <laughs> you know, nobody else can do the first unveil of my all-wheel drive four-order because they don't have the car. Yeah. You know, and so that, that was my, like, niche. And so rotaries, just, I just kind of painted myself in a corner, and I love that corner. Because you had, I remember the saga of trying to get that four-rotor engine. Yes. Didn't it get lost in UPS yes, and yeah. stolen by somebody? And- yeah, yeah, so that whole saga... <laughs> Put way too much focus on that project too soon. Yeah, yeah. And so, so yeah, UPS. That's, yeah, you, you lost need to it. release that shit on your schedule. Yeah. And like, when people all of a sudden are invested in this project and the car is like three years from being done, yep. you're like, fuck. Yes. People get burned out on this idea, and I'm not even done with the car yet. Yeah, it was number one on Reddit. All of Reddit, like 
the homepage of Reddit, number one was that UPS had lost my motor. And what it exposed was like everybody else attached to that because they've all gotten stuff broken or lost. Dude, it's people and, can really relate to shipping companies fucking you. Yes. Remember that the FedEx guy, Zach, who was hucking shit over my fence? So I got a, I got a gate in front of my house, and it's like eight feet high. Yeah. Right? I live in a townhouse, and there's gates between, you know. And normally, they ring the bell, and we come get it. But when I, we got married, uh, we registered, you know, now when you have a wedding registry, it's all online. You know, no, okay. people don't carry anything to the wedding anymore. It all just gets shipped to you and whatever. So we got a lot of boxes for a couple months. One FedEx guy... Two days, same guy, because we have cameras, the same FedEx driver, hucked first a Le Creuset Dutch oven, like a cast iron, oh. hucked it over the fence, and it landed so hard, it cracked like the Liberty Bell inside <laughs> packaging, and also set off my earthquake sensor. Like, I have like a... You're not, a, you're not exaggerating. No, it, it landed so hard that it set, it, it, it set off the sensor that disconnects the gas in your house when there's an earthquake there's this sensor and if it goes wow. off your gas goes off and you have to reset it it's for safety yeah this fucking thing landed so hard my gas turned off <laughs> and then the very next day i found a box outside that had been hooked to the fence and i picked it up and it was just a box of broken glass it was full, oh. <laughs> it was a full box of shattered glass and anyway i bitched about it on instagram and that became for a couple hours the number one post on reddit Bitching about FedEx. Yeah, and yeah. I, and, like, I just feel like people can really, to go back to your engine, yep. everyone can relate to that. And because your engine was so rare, so expensive, and it's a fucking engine, it's like, yeah. how does that get misplaced? Yeah, and, you know, the I think because I had I, I was I was a little bitch about it. I waited. You know, like, when they say, hey, please submit all of this, and you submit all that. And they yeah. say, hey, please send pictures. Well, I, because it was for YouTube, I documented all this. So they were like using that as barriers. Like, hey, uh, do you have any pictures of the outside of the, the box? Yes. Do you have any pictures of what was inside, how it was packaged? I did because I was documenting it for YouTube. And isn't it, a, isn't it like the problem that the receiver can't actually make the claim? The person the sending sender. it has to make the claim, is, which is a fucking pain in the ass on itself. Who was in New Zealand. And, and the actual breakdown was because of UPS New Zealand and UPS the United States had internal disagreement um, that was that was where the real breakdown was but when it was lost I, it kind of exposed the whole like storage wars side of things because you know they've auctioned stuff off six months after it's lost you know, oh or, or so it was sitting there no one had just no one like found it right and then they sold it to somebody exactly wow yeah that's so fucking and crazy. so that, that guy actually posted oh my god that guy just blew a massive vape cloud you probably i don't think you're supposed to be blowing a massive vape cloud he had seen them. <laughs> 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 what did that? What was? What did that engine cost? So that was about twenty five thousand dollars of parts. It wasn't the whole engine. It was just it the, was core, the core. But, yeah. So, wow, it's expensive. Yeah. Well, and and there's only one company that builds those, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's the name of that company? Uh, it's like uh, they call it. It's generic, like performance engineering. Uh, it's, it's just a guy out in New Zealand. They're crazy down there. Yeah. Yeah. They want, you want some crazy shit built? You find yourself a Kiwi. He's on that shit. Constantly. Rotary stuff, right? Yeah, those guys pioneer so much stuff. It's funny because my videos get a lot of attention for me doing, pushing my limits. And I acknowledge that there are other people that have done more. But you'll, see, you'll always see somebody from Puerto Rico and somebody from Australia slash New Zealand saying, well, we can do it better. And they're, yeah. not, they're not wrong. <laughs> but, but like, they're not wrong, but yeah. they're not humble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Puerto Ricans and the Australians are not known for their humility. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you... I, I used to shit on rotaries a lot because they're inefficient. Yes. And I was just like, why are people choosing to use this? But honestly, you and Hurt 
have brought me back around to appreciating them for How what Hurt they are. How Hurt could do it, because all he does is fucking break his. Well, yeah. he breaks things that aren't rotaries also. That's true. So yeah. I, that's true. He just breaks <laughs> he shit. He broke a K-motor out of a Honda. Like, how <laughs> yeah. do you do that? Only well, do so that. that's actually, uh, you know, in the, in, I'm, this isn't private, but this is not really, really publicly known, is that I'm building, I'm working on my own billet engine. Oh yeah, and so what? What I hurt is literally one of the people that he will break it. So I want to. I'm going to have him test one of my blocks, you know. And and you know, oddly enough, we're in Valvoline's booth, but that's actually something that I think is under thought about with a rotary is using the oil to extract heat out of the engine. You know, you know, it gets really technical as to why I think those engines fail. And so I'm testing all these weird things, and it's working. And I, I honestly, like my three rotor right what now. What was the problem with the engine that? The blocks were. I mean, why a why why is a billet block the answer to this problem? Because to to save money, uh, Mazda made their castings very thin in certain areas, and so when the motor experiences you know detonation, that area just pushes really uh-huh. far. It doesn't break, but it pushes really far, uh-huh. and then the apex seal can basically fall out of the slot, or more or less just be like wedged against it. It's, things just start snapping. Yeah, and so. Um, what I, I make this like jail where the whole motor, all those bolts all the way around the motor are, are you know, much thicker and they're, they're actually almost press fit. Mm. And so when the motor experiences those sort of extreme moments, it, it, move, doesn't, moves it doesn't a lot less. Yeah. Oh, neat. When you go from one rotor to two rotors to three rotors to four rotors, what does the increase in power look like? It is very linear. So, it, okay. so a three rotor can make whatever, you know. The, is it literally like if you go from two to four, you double the power? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, so it's, it wow. is literally the math is, yeah, is one to very one. Yeah, it's straightforward. Yeah, the, the three rotor definitely hits a sweet spot. I think it's because there's so many drag racers that have been building those for mm-hmm. years. So there is a lot of existing knowledge to make that three rotor work very well. But four rotors are not double two rotors yet because they're longer and so those bolts and everything you know there's just not enough r&d done so you so don't in your block is that going to be four yes that's a four okay yeah, so, so oh can God. you then sell that back to the kiwis yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because you know i built off of their designs but when i bought that engine i bought the rights to what that engine it was a very custom engine i bought the rights to it because they were like How hey does that work so it, it's more of a, a handshake agreement but uh-huh. the guy that was working on it was like hey listen this is super experimental I, I'm not going to run it. I'll sell you the block. And I'm like, well, I want to build off of that. And so he's like, hey, you know what? That's, if that works, it's all on you. It's yours. Really? Yeah. And so I would you know, get that in writing. Did yeah, you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> did you come up with the design? You were like, I want it to be stronger, thicker here. And no. then you, like, they so, did the cat on it? Or? So what I'm doing is iterative. Very, I'm not going to oversell what I'm doing uh, because I'm just very fortunate that I've seen p- bits and pieces of what other people are doing. And I'm trying to rule out hey, this thing works, this one's not cost-effective, this one is, and then now the design I'm making is my own. It, but it, it's based off, of, I mean, you know, my design is my own, but it's based off of, okay, I know that this area needs to be thicker. I know, you know, like, you know, nobody ever just comes up with something completely without the help of, of all course, the other people that have been building it. So I will not say, like, oh, yeah, even though it looks like my own, there are a lot of people that contributed, contributed. directly or indirectly. And That's this amazing. engine's designed for forced induction? Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I am not an N.A., guy for especially with rotaries it's like you're you're already 90 percent there and then you have none of the power yeah and, 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 and truthfully you know, you know, truthfully it's like it's like you have all that effort and money spent into it and then you're you're you know na's sound amazing but it's just like well you you you're put you should just put a, a v8 in it you yeah, should have just yeah. put a different engine into yeah, it yeah yeah it, i mean it, it's a lot of it is a lot of engineering for not much fucking power yeah yeah. yeah, the RX-8 was, was yeah. not, and not We actually good. brought the RX-8 here. Isaiah's my, my fabricator. We, 
bought we bought one that was salvaged. You know, the, the, the usual YouTube thing, broken salvage car. And I, then, brought, I bought the shittiest. The cheapest, oh, yeah. X, yeah, X, yeah. X. And so uh, we got it running. And uh, again, we brought we drove that out here. You know, and, and I think part of it is just to show that, hey, somehow I'm building engines. I'm actually the guy building my own engines, machining it you know, in-house with all my CNC stuff. And it's working. I don't know how, but it's working. <laughs> That's money. Yeah. Wow. But, so, so what is the status of that all-wheel drive car? So, the, so the, the major thing that most people know it for is racing Ken Block. Yeah. And I had one race where I guessed my pedal just right and walked, walked him, got out, and then held against the Hoonicorn, which that was literally the first time that car had ever launched. That was, awesome. I, yeah, so I'm shaking down the car against Ken Block. Was you know very very. It was so intense. I my emotions were like way beyond. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't process it. But the second run, I didn't know where in the pedal to go because it's you know I, I hadn't any shakedown time, and uh, so I bogged the launch, and you know I, I couldn't catch that car yeah. after that. So I took the engine down because I'm like, okay, I'm going to make more horsepower, but I'm going to I'm going to rip this block. Something is going to separate on that block when I go for really. Uh, the, I'm going for 2,000 horsepower. Wow. And so, um, you know, I, I need to make sure I can rebuild it. And so I've got the engine rebuilt now, machined it where I want it, added tons of features to it. And uh, so the engine should be, the car should be coming back. Uh, I was hoping for SEMA, but wasn't aiming for SEMA. And so we got a full carbon fiber body we're building, oh shaving a couple God. hundred pounds out wow. of it. Wow, that's yeah. cool. Because it, it looks, for anybody who doesn't know, which probably very few people, yeah. but, you know, you took an RX-7 and then you stretched it, long, made it longer, made it a lot wider. Yep. But it still stays really true to the shape. It just looks yes. like it it's doesn't look that out. much. I mean, it's no, yeah, cool, was, but it was, doesn't. It, it still looks like an RX seven. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. You know, you see these RX sevens where they put like flat panels and shit on it. I'm like, yeah, that, right, the RX seven yeah. is an, uh, like an iconic, timeless body, mm-hmm. and you're doing them a disservice by putting flat, square panels. And so, yeah. my goal was that when you see this monster car, you say that's an RX seven. Yeah. You know, that I, I'm paying homage to that. And There's so, a really good one back here. Do you see this yellow one? Yeah. Out of, in, I think is it Fort. Fortune, Fortune Auto, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a nice one. Yeah, that's back my buddy there. Chris's. That one looks good. Yeah, yeah, it's clean. It's a Riamemia, just clean, iconic Japanese kit. But with the four rotor, um, wait, I actually one of my guys, one of my buddies, helped design it in you know like three D. And I did. I honestly called bullshit. I was like, there's no way that you can design it three D, build the the uh, mold for it, and then make the the carbon from it. And sure enough, they did. And so the whole front's built in CAD. I ended up having to learn how to use that program to get exactly what I wanted because mm-hmm. I've been staring at the dead chassis for five years yeah. dreaming about it. And uh, we built, you know, so the whole front's all carbon because it used to be like, it's two inches thick of Bondo because wow. mating the cars together, you, you get this like stretch Wienermobile looking thing. And yeah. It doesn't, the curves don't work. So yeah. we added tons of Bondo to get the, the curve to stretch properly. And so we're shaving several hundred pounds off of the that's car. Yeah. Bondo's heavy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's two inches of thick of Bondo. Yeah, peanut, peanut butter is heavy. Yeah. So, you know, that's where you're kind of gluing it yeah. together with. Yeah. Uh, have you strengthened the hood latch? Because that was a bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah. right you know what's really funny about that? That was a last second decision that made such an iconic me moment. So the hood was, we were going to run it without a hood, but that hood is two hoods stitch weld, welded together. Where to, as, a, as a proof of concept to get the right hood shape. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? The Hoonigan guys are a lot, they, they love that show that like, you know, that, that's such a piece I wanted to sell on there instead of just the drivetrain. So I'm like, we'll put the, the test hood on there, strengthen it a little bit more, but we added an air duct to ram air into the turbo. Okay. It missed. Which, it wasn't aiming at the turbo. It was aiming in the engine bay. So it added so tons it just of added air. So it a bunch of oh, air pressure. And no under, evacuation. Yep. 
Whoops, yes, that, wow. that was that was. Yeah, what you did, did an it. exit for that error no. for doing that. <laughs> Didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know what's funny is when that <laughs> happened, that was that was the moment, my favorite moment in that whole thing because Ken was kind of just like standoffish the whole time, and you know, like I wanted I wanted him to He's like a my shy car. dude. Yeah, I mean his his the driving style and then him as a human yeah. aren't necessarily uh, aligned. Yeah, yeah, and so he. As soon as he saw it, he's like, okay, are we, we're done. This is over. I'm like, no, I, you know, I'm ready to go in. Is there anything wrong with your car? I kind of like got all excited. And he's like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, he, like, oh, he was like, we're done. I'm like, is there something wrong with the unicorn? And like, I don't talk like that normally, but I was all nervous and everything. And so I said that. And he's like, oh, hell yeah. This is, that's what rally is all about. He was all, it was so excited to see him like be excited that I wasn't stopping my car. I mean, I, the, my care was the drivetrain. Yeah. I didn't care the body. You guys cut that fender off next, and he, I think yeah. he says in the video, he's like, that's just so rally. Yeah. It's like, pull yeah, the part exactly. off, it's in the way. Yeah. Yep. If, it, if it's working, keep going. Yeah. Yeah, the body meant nothing to me. That was never my, my, my goal was my name would be t- attached to the drivetrain, and if that car broke, that would say a lot about my building. Have so, you, other than driving it in a drag race, actually, like, gone up a nice mountain road with it or yeah. done any like just regular driving Ab- in it absolutely not um, and, and, <laughs> absolutely not the, my my plan for that car has always been straight line stuff to shake the car down while watching it on camera and then go start doing turning uh-huh. and uh very fortunate like actually uh billy johnson it, it actually stopped by my shop he's a big ford gt guy mm-hmm. does a lot of fords like calibration for uh, pedal and, and oh. so a really big cool big driver and so like i got some really awesome people helping me learn how to take this stuff to the next level like mike kojima's helping me with all the suspension oh man he's and a so, genius. Yeah. yeah he's a he's, he's a genius a, he, and the straightest of shooters yeah like <laughs> yeah. God, he I came in and just guy. he looks at the suspension he's like hey you know that's falling rate and i'm like oh like i like i i was so Wait, excited that somebody, my, my suspension was the way i designed the control arms i don't know shit about suspension I'll admit that, but when I was making it, I was like, you know what? Let me make the shocks at 90 degrees because that's you know at, the, at, at ride height the shock is at 90 degrees. So when the cantilever pushes down, it's, it it causes lower and lower force to be applied to the shock. And so he's like, you know, your suspension's in falling rate. And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm I'm just ready for you to just to rip this thing apart. Like, tell yeah. me. I don't even know what that means. I don't either. Yeah, it just means that if the shock says says 300 pound per inch spring. At, at, I had it at ride height where it's 300 pounds per inch, but as you go, like, say you hit a bump, it goes from 300 to 280 oh. to two. So oh. I'm losing. Yeah. So it gets the softer. Oh, wow. It gets yeah. softer the harder you hit the bump. That's yeah. probably bad. That's yeah, yeah. Opposite. You probably want it to be the other way. Exactly. So he rips me. <laughs> he rips that apart immediately. I'm like, this is the guy. This is yeah. the guy. Yeah. 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 And so you know that the car is the car is the perfect example of like in theory it will work, <laughs> but. I mean, for it to race against the Hunicorn at first, it is a very solid suspension design. Like the like the the original geometry is shared with the Hunicorn. It's like the, if if you look at both cars from the front, their lower control arms, upper control arms, their their kingpin angles, all the all that's all the same. Oh uh-huh. wow! But they, they got intentionally made, intentionally. Okay. So the guy that built the Hunicorn, uh, Ian Stewart, worked with you know the guys at RTR and uh, uh, Von Gittin Jr. Yeah, and so he he sent me the front view of the unicorn, all of its suspension geometry. And oh, so okay, so the, you wow, has he been killed and thrown in a lake by? Yeah. Well, now? he got he got he got busy. He was going to help me further, but he got busy with the RTR Mustang launch at the time, and uh, stopped answering my messages. And it wasn't intentional. He just that was not yeah, a priority for him. Right. And uh, so I had to try and work from there on my own. So it's funny when you watch the video about everybody says oh because I was counting pixels. What happened was. 
You're counting Ho- pixels. Yes, yeah. Hoonigan, Hoonigan <laughs> released pictures of the isometric CAD of the Hoonicorn. And so when the guy stopped responding to me, I went to the Speed Hunters article and was looking at, okay, if I know, since I know these certain suspension geometry uh-huh. numbers, and that's 20 pixels across on this. That's funny. It's like having a grid over the, uh, over the drawing. Yeah. yeah. Doing it super old school. Yeah. There's a, that's a, hilarious. There's an article I just read in Road and Track about a guy that built a Ferrari Formula car replica in his garage. Hey, he had he'd built like oh, some yeah. cars before, but he did it very similar to you. All they had were pictures because the cars were destroyed. And he just found something in a photo that you know he knew the knew. measurement of, yeah. and then he built the chassis and he built the body out of carbon himself. Like, not, was it Scarbo? It was not Scarbo, but it looks a lot like that. The Scarbo car. Have you ever seen that car? No. It's this dude. Who, in, I think he's in Southern Joe, California. Joe Scarbo, Joe yeah. Scarbo oh, okay. who, who built a replica of a Ferrari Formula One car, and it's I think it has an LS engine in it, it but it has this crazy bundle of snakes exhaust, and it's just batshit. Yeah, and, and he does it all with CAD. This guy was more yeah. of like a, but like you, like measuring yeah. with pictures. I think, yeah. I think, I just think this highlights like your story and how incredible it is because yeah. you've taught yourself so much along the way, and like that's a problem you needed to solve. So yeah. you're like, well, here's how I yeah. solve that problem. Well, it's funny because you know our, our friend Mr. Ferretti um, has always been ragging on me for years about all of like, okay this car's too big of an undertaking, which it was. He was 100% right that this car was way too... He would too, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Owner of the world's worst Corvette. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's very true. He, uh, but he, you know, he was ragging on me the whole time. But what was wild is I didn't realize I was going to end up being the guy building it. I didn't realize I was going to be the guy doing the engine, doing the tuning. And that was because companies, you know, kind of fell apart along the way. And that makes for great YouTube content, but not so much for your health. That's funny. That's like the, uh, there's a Twitter feed that's called, uh, it's like Liza Minnelli has outlived. And it's like every oh, yeah. time somebody dies or something fails, it's like Liza Minnelli has outlived Colin Powell. <laughs> Liza Minnelli has outlived. And it's just like every day, it's like things that Liza Minnelli has outlived. So it's like Rob Dom's four-rotor has outlived yeah. like this performance company. Like, yeah. Like yeah. The company's just like don't survive. And you're just like, shit, I have to learn how to do this myself now. It it's so crazy. It's so crazy because the, the, the general logic was that that car should never have actually ran or be competitive. But here we are where, so like, for example, I just bought uh, an old Indy car, a cart Indy car. And like, fucking do with that. Learn, learn what open wheel, learn, learn how the suspension handles, learn, you know, for example, my. Most people would buy like a Formula Ford or something. Yeah. It's like a little more manageable. I didn't know those existed, to be honest. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know that there were like slow, simple <laughs> open yeah. wheel cars I could learn this yeah. on. So no, I, I bought an Indy car. Yeah, I have a. From what year? It's a uh, 97, 98. Uh, Is it just cart. a chassis? I, I bought the engine too. I bought the really? Cosworth out of it. Yeah. Get the fuck out yeah. of here. Does so it run? It will. It will. I'm rebuilding it. That's crazy. So, yeah. And Do so, you have the stuff to run it? Uh, don't you need lack like, of common sense? Yeah. Don't you need like stuff to run? You, it doesn't. You can't start that with like a key. Don't no, you need you, like you, a yeah, thing? Yeah. So there's a, a starter company that I've worked with in the past because because I'm in, I st- I'm forced to do all this CAD work for my four rotor. So it's like I have the ability now to take an indie car that doesn't exist, like that is not all together, and build it. Yeah. And so it's like, man, I can use this skill not just for rotaries, but like for example, all the suspension arms on that. I'm like, oh my god, I am overbuilding certain things. Seeing how this how this 900 horsepower Indy car, you know, runs. So it's it's a learning experience for me. Everything that you see on my channel always goes back to making the four rotor a, a better magnum opus of a car. I wanted to make my project car better, so I bought an Indy car. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Again, my sense. logic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I've I've been like lightly paying attention to you for a while, but you yeah, know, I'm, I'm a busy person. But I remember your four rotor and the RX-7 and going, oh, that's cool. Is it a SEMA build? Is it just a show car? Because in this world, there are so many cars that 
can't live up to the performance that their parts seem to advertise. Yeah. And some of that is due to the tuning of them and marrying these parts together. And then you had a test video where, like, you clutch dropped it driving under an overpass. And yes. And it just lit up all four tires. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was a good I one. Was yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, I was wrong. My hat was off, and I was like, I'm paying attention <laughs> yeah, to this. Thank you. Yeah, that, you know, it, at the time, you know, it was very ambitious. And if I heard somebody saying what I had said then, I would have the same skepticism. You know, because it realistically it should not have... I went to two different chassis companies to build the car. And you know, as soon as you go to the second company, they're blaming everything on the first right, company. Right, of course. It's not, gonna, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I lucked out that uh, it just, I just kept, I, had a, I didn't scope creep. It was already an extreme concept, so the scope never crept. I was just like, I, this is what I need to accomplish. And so each piece got further and further. And uh, I, the audience has given me a hard time every so often because it's taking so long. But I mean, I'm not from automotive. I'm an Dude, IT shit guy. Shit takes a long time. Yeah, it just it does. Like yeah. even if you're doing like sort of basic stuff, it still kind of takes a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's not. We audience gets so fucked up by overhauling and and uh, you know pimp my ride and all these bill you know fat Richard Rawlings show and everything like. That's bullshit TV builds, man. Those things take fucking months. Yeah. It's not like mm-hmm. that shit isn't really happening in five days. And yeah. those have a team. Like, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I know you have like a team that helps you produce this yeah. stuff, but well, it seems like you're learning and building a lot yourself. It's weird because, you know, I've got my, my buddy Isaiah, but he doesn't work with me full time. He, he has come back now to work with me full time. But like, you know, he's one of those like when he gets excited to work and weld, he works and welds and then he disappears. Like we had to do the flat bottom for the car and he disappeared. He's like, I'm not doing that. And I'm like, <laughs> I, need, I need help. I need help. You know, so I ended up doing the flat bottom on the car. You know, like that sort of stuff is... Uh, uh, you know, very humbling in the sense of like, I, I now have a CNC machine. I now I'm a CNC operator. I built all the custom parts on this car. Like, it's it's so nobody can take that from me. Yeah. yeah. And that's the best part because you know, with YouTube, it's like, well, I can't blame somebody else for my lack of videos. Like, that's my fault now, and I I love it. But uh, you know, as, as say you mentioned the the four rotor doing the all, all, all overpass. The three rotor, my my three rotor RX7 is honestly something I don't understand why it's working. <laughs> that car, like the the core of the engine, is not balanced. Like I have the counterweight off of one car. Each rotor is a different weight, and it, it's insane. And I'm learning. I'm testing all these things with these cars while trying to still entertain the audience, so I can do my R and D while it's entertainment. Wait, yeah. why did did you choose to make the rotors different weights, or is no, it just they are that it's just way? The ones and somehow I have. it's not twisting the crank into it, a pretzel. The reason why was that engine is all used parts. I didn't want to put new parts into it, okay. so I was like, well, I have this rotor that's 20 grams off. I hear that this is super critical that you have to have all the rotors weigh the same, but I've only heard that's hearsay. I've never seen that. And so I'm like, let me test it. And here I am at 1,000 horsepower, 1,033 to the wheels. Things about to pull wheelies. I just need to dial in the, the, the boost at the launch. Wow. And wow, motor's running smooth. Have you that's talked to weird. any builders that can explain why that's working? No. Um, again, they, they all, the guys that build cars in the rotor world are building them for customers. They're all three to 400 horsepower cars, and they more or less have to warranty them where I'm people yeah people aren't experimenting yeah they're taking whatever the prevailing knowledge is yes whatever they can you know oh well they've told me you can do that you can only do this and so we're only going to do that I mean I imagine there's not a lot of folks out there in a commercial operation that have the time to go what if we put fucking different weight rotors in this thing like different weight because who because why would like what is the what is the business argument for doing that? Right, you know what I mean. For yeah. YouTube, it's like, yep, throw some shit at the wall, let's see if it sticks. Yeah. But like, you know, there's no from a shop's perspective, there's no argument to do it. Yeah, you know and that, I mean? that's where I get a little altruistic, and this is truly part of my like drive is that I get these kids. You know, you you have the same thing where you have fans that message you, 
and their position is like that car is their like entire life savings. Like they they're like they have a car that's twenty grand, and that is their like if that car blows up, their life's ruined. Yeah, and like I hate seeing shops sell them on fear and uncertainty of like, hey, this this motor, you you need to do all these other things. X, Y, and Z service to the motor, and they're just billing them all these services. When it's like, is that really what's necessary for a rotary engine? And so I've been kind of not myth busting, but going through all these. Okay, let's get the rotors lightened. Honestly, ro- lightened rotors—that's such a race thing. Like, it's, right. And it, if you blow that engine, it's now like you have to re- with their fucking stage three clutch. Yes, like, don't yes, do yes, that. Yes, yes. Your car's gonna suck. Yep. Don't do the super light flywheel. You're the race clutch. Your car's gonna suck balls. You're gonna hate it. Yep. Exactly. No. And, and yeah. it's that fear of like, well, I, I, if I don't have it, I might blow the engine. Like, oh, hey, you know, you need to use these special seals. I'm using almost all Mazda stock seals. Well, we've. We've been talking about this a whole bunch because, like, the, the, we talked about it with Kyle Tucker yesterday from Detroit Speed. The OEs have durability testing. Now, there's obvious places, like you were talking about, where the co- corners are cut. But in other places, they're able to do the, a level of quality control and durability testing yeah. that, like, very few aftermarket shops can compete with. Yeah. And so, like, whenever possible, an OE item, like, is usually the best way to go. Yeah, you absolutely, know? absolutely. You know, it, uh, that for some reason reminds me, because I, th- I don't know why, I, we were talking about Ford a second ago, and I think of, you still have your, your Fox body? I sold it, but uh, it was, sorry. But no, that's Trying okay. to just point you. Yeah, that hurts. But it worked. But yeah, that, that, it did work. That, well, that's the thing, is that, like, when we had that YouTuber car challenge, you had yeah. the Fox body out. That's the type of thing that, like, I want to take my three-rotor out, which is was then set up for drag, and now it's much more balanced, but it's still not meant for a track. Mm-hmm. It's meant for straight-line stuff. And now that I'm in a position, I want to show the audience, hey, look, at my super soft springs are, are going to be absolutely horrible, you know, on turns. And, like, I want to, I want to show, like, I want to try and find a mid-ground where, okay, this car can handle, but it can also go straight-line. And... If it's if well, it's doable, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just just don't make it too stiff. I mean, usually people fuck up their tuner cars by making them too stiff, yeah, and okay. like suspensions need to suspend, and yeah, like yeah. a little bit of body roll isn't the worst thing because it provides a gray area in between, you know, where you can feel the car start to to, to get loose, yeah. as opposed to a really stiff car where it's grip 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 gone. Oh you know, yeah, that makes sense. Which you don't want. Yeah. Um, Everything okay over there, Zach? Yeah, you just got quieter, but I think you just moved away. I got quiet? Wow. Only like a little bit. <laughs> a little bit? It's just the, mic, the mic's more sensitive to distance, ah, I think, I than, the shoot, than the I see. So I shouldn't talk like this, you're saying, yeah. into the mic and rock back and forth. That, that's quite an image. You're- <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it feel so at home to do that? <laughs> um, I feel right, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how's that Diablo of yours? Now that we're both uh, yes. classic yes. Lamborghini owners, right? Um, yeah, you know, you know, for me, the Diablo has always been a source of credit <laughs> in the sense of like when I had nothing. <laughs> Meaning you took out a line of credit yeah, to buy yeah, it? Originally, <laughs> I, I, I did it as a, uh, when I, this was full, like me now, I have to look you in the eyes and say this, I, I structured it originally as a lease. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm not. I'm a different man. What were the? Can I ask yes. the terms? Yeah, yeah, I'll be honest. 144 I, months. Um. No. It was. It was five years. Okay. Uh. I put down 40 grand up front. Okay. For a 140 thousand dollar purchase, and then I had like a balloon payment. The car was 140 grand. Yeah. And it's a six liter. Yep. Wow. I, I was. You done I, come uh, up, huh? son. Yep. Yep. That is that is an unbelievable come up. I lucked That's out. That's an on excellent. I did not have the money. Probably to buy a 400 thousand dollar car. Yeah. Today. I didn't have the money to buy the car then, but I, who would have thought that 
leasing that car would have actually been one of the smartest financial long-term decisions on accident. It's a good return. Yeah. It's a very good return. Yeah. Yeah, it, no, that's excellent. That's yeah. nicely done. Yeah, so the car, the car's all paid off now, and so I'm, I'm very thankful for that because that was a childhood dream car. Yeah. Um, but it, it uh, I, you know, I was definitely, I what was. What year was that? That was 2011 I bought it. Wow, that would have been, yeah, min, that would have been minimum, <laughs> minimum Diablo. Yeah. Yeah. 2011 was what? Let's see. That's probably the uh, first year of the Aventador. Yep. Yeah. I, I believe, I right? Them, Aventador, yeah. So, yeah, that's, it's, isn't it amazing that like that car was like not particularly People desirable want, for a minute? I know. Yeah. Kuntosh is too. Like, yeah. I even, when I was like probably 2006, seven, when I was working for fucking Rob Ferretti, <laughs> the common prevailing knowledge was Countach's were shit boxes. That yes. was the common yes. knowledge. And now that I like drive mine around, I'm like, this, that was horse shit. This car rules. It's so I, I was fun. told so much that, oh, the Diablo is going to be super unreliable. And I have done nothing to that car. I did valve adjust- adjustment just because I was told I did, but I've, I bought it with. 10,000 miles on it. has 35 now. Oh, good. That's and, a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, that's good. I love that car so much. But, you know, I, I purposely don't put that on my channel a lot because I don't want to see some asshat YouTuber overexpose that car. That car is a mystery to me. That's like, interesting. I, I don't like seeing... Like, I thought you were going to say because you just didn't want to put off, like, the, the rich guy vibe, well, which I the, get from yeah. you also. Yeah. Not the rich guy vibe. Right. That yeah. you, that yeah. you don't want to do that because right. yeah. your car, your, your channel is more about building stuff and, right. and, and that kind of thing right. and but, breaking shit. But there's, there's, like, the Diablo, when I was in love with it, was 1992 Guinness Book of World Records fastest production car. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was a little black sliver picture. 202 and I, point yeah, something, right? Yep. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's what I fixated on. I did not, I'd never seen the car. I'd never anything. It was just that record. And then Dumb and Dumber came out and, you know, you get those, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and so it was this, like, I fixated on this, in the movie, the movie makes it this hero 275,000. That's a car. <laughs> I don't want to hold on to that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you also buy, like, boot covers and furry things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I actually visited, I visited, it's in uh, Loveland Pass, is where that, uh, you know, it's the same place where they filmed The Shining. It's the, the same hotel. hotel. Oh, yeah. it is? That's yeah, and funny. so I visited that hotel, and, I, and they still have the, you know, the man lands on the moon or whatever, that that, so you know, from Dumb yeah. and Dumber. Yeah. It's, in the, it's in their lobby bar. That's so but, fucking So I had to good. visit there, but, you know, I like. realize the same as The Shining? Same as The Shining. Oh, I got re- to rewatch and compare now. Yeah. I think, I think filming in Aspen would have been a lot more expensive. Probably, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, the Loveland place. Pass, good road in the summer. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, that's a good place. Yeah, it's, it's, or it's a uh, what's wait, what's the other? It's uh, not Ridge. Uh, there's it's a city. It's a city closer to, to Denver than than uh, Golden. Uh, yeah. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, it's 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 a different city. I'm sure it's along I seventy. I think, but whatever. It's it's not uh, where they say it is. But yeah, it's the same hotel. Fucking liars. Yeah. Fucking yeah. bullshit. I, I believed everything movies that, have ever told me. That movie really made me gave me an impression of Aspen, though. That I was like, that that's yeah. like that it was like the place to be. Yeah, it was like if you hung out in Aspen, I don't know. I mean, it's all right. It's like yeah. a nice place, but I don't know if it's really got the same high society vibe that I got. Yeah, that is true. That, <laughs> but is that true. movie did like that. That it's not a very big role in that movie. You know, yeah. it's in the, the the cars in the fucking movie for two quick scenes. Yep. The total, not even thirty seconds. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it really uh, it was the right right well, casting call. And, I think. For and that. you take you take it and you go and you say back then there were, you couldn't YouTube videos about the car. Right. You, but you but you I don't know if you had this case, but I always like I knew a, a person who knew a doctor who once owned a Diablo. You know, like that was that was the the, yeah. the mythos of that yeah. car yeah. back then. You you didn't you couldn't just get a. a data about that car you couldn't see the car you had you you had to know somebody when i was a kid uh like i'm talking this would have been like i was like nine or ten you know uh, i used to make my mom 
bring me to the like gray market, you know, exotic car dealer in Atlanta where I when I was a kid, and they had like the first Diablo in Georgia, and that that's where I would go to like get up close and personal. I never saw the cars outside of this dealer. Like that okay, was the yeah, only place I yeah. ever saw them. Um, but I. You know, I got to touch them and sit in them when right. I was, and it made a serious impression. Yeah, you know, yeah, and that, that's where I think modern cars have lost a little bit of that like mystery, and that's why I don't like filming much about the Diablo because I just don't want to be like, oh, the Diablo is super accessible to the general public from a, a content standpoint. I'd love the idea of like when you see it, you're like, oh my god, is that a Diablo? Like, they, like, and I, I know I'm just one guy that anybody else can buy it and make a YouTube video about it, but I don't know. I just I'm very, I love that car more than. It's a childhood dream car, not an adult yeah. dream car. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, you know, when I take my red car out, um, you know, I don't, I don't take it out to show off. I right. take it out because it makes me feel good. Yep. But when I go anywhere I go with it, anywhere, someone comes up to me and says, this is the first time I've ever seen yes. one in person. Yep. Which, you know, I've, I've seen a bunch of them. I'm, I'm in this world. I'm spoiled, you know. I still am like, ah, every time I see one. Yep. And I'm really interested in poking around them. But, but it... it Brings me back to earth yes, a little bit yes. where someone says, this is the first time I've ever seen one, you know, in, in the wild. Yep. And it reminds me of, of how rare, you know, supercars used to be. Yep. They're not, you know, we, you know, if you live in a major city, odds are you see a couple supercars a week, if not a couple supercars a day. Yeah. You know, in L.A., like, we don't even look at Huracans twice. Exactly. You I, know. I live in Calabasas, and I drive all the way out to Ontario. That's yeah. where my shop is. And every time, one-on-one, you know, there's two Huracans, you know, and, and like you said, it's you just... You to Ontario every day from Calabasas? Yeah, well, I actually stay at the shop during the week. And so Mondays, <laughs> I drive in. Oh, and my then, God. Yeah. Dude, you could, you, could, you could save a lot of money just moving to the east, the I, east Hills. I know. You could be right up on the Angeles. Do you see the house? There was the, this house... Um, on Big Tahunga Canyon, where Zach and I would drive by it every week when we're going to film. It's the only, pri- it just sold, and it was the only house in the Angeles Forest really? that you could buy. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was expensive. It was like two and a half yeah. million dollars, but it was like four acres, compound, and uh, I could never sell it to my wife. There's My, my <laughs> wife would never, she's like, I'm not living up a fucking mountain. Yeah. kidding me? But like... Uh, it was man. It was the dream. Is it up uh, right the entrance to Angeles Crest? It's on Big Tahunga, which okay. is the back way. Uh, oh, you go up, okay. sun, up through Sunland. Okay, it's just twenty up. minutes from anything. It's yeah. twenty minutes yeah. from anything. Okay, a wow. glorious twenty minutes from anything. <laughs> a mostly unpatrolled twenty minutes oh. <laughs> from everything. Yeah, that would be the dream. Yeah, that's a long commute though, Calabasas yeah. to Ontario. Yeah, that, that, Ont- people. Do people listening to this understand that Ontario is not Canada? It's a place in Cal in LA. It's Ontario, CA, and I. I get a lot of people saying we're in Canada. Is yeah. that it? Really fucked me up when I moved to LA, and people were like, "Be like, oh, I came in from Ontario." I'm like, "What?" Yeah. They don't fucking understand it. Do we have? A, there's a few parts of LA that have Canadian equivalents. Yeah. There's also a Paris, which really fucks you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, out, out where I'm at, where I work, is it? Because I'm from Michigan, and so I get that like it's got that same kind of farmlandish so that, feel. It's got that flat grid vibe. Yep. yep. <laughs> so I, I feel I feel a little bit more comfortable and, and safe. It's taken me some time to adjust. Yeah. Wait, so, um, so why, uh, so I, we, we yeah. kind of really breezed over this IndyCar thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you going to try to drive this? Yes. Are you um, going to work your way up to that? I, um, by, by less pedal. So you're just, you're just like not full <laughs> that's pedal. The, that's the throttle. But yeah. if I'm not, because we're talk, it's a downforce car. Yes. So if you don't actually go fast enough, you die. It doesn't die. work. Yeah, so yeah. that's, so the thing is, is that, okay, now here's, this is, I, 
you have to roll your eyes or, or just be like, okay, Rob, but that's the goal of this thing is that I've always wanted to build a car, like an open wheel car where it, it does not have limits, like tune mass damper, massive vacuum on the bottom of it and have some professional race car dri- driver drive it and break a record, even though that's technically not a record to break. Like, what if you could actually make an indie car be as fast as possible? Like an, a, a rule-less indie yes. car? Yeah. There's, uh, who was just, uh, McLaren has this 720 oh, yeah, GT3X or something like that. So that is good. sort of like, it's basically like a GT3 car, but without rules. You okay. know, and yeah. it's like, how fast could we make this fucking thing go? And it yeah. probably is insanely fast. Yeah. But I sort of wonder if... There's a, I mean, for you, yeah, there's a point. For McLaren, yeah. is there a point? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so are you talking, when you, did you say fan underneath it like a sucker car? Yeah, yep. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I mean, because my four-rotor does not, will not ever compete in any sort of sanctioned race whatsoever. It's always unlimited class. Right. You know, and like the four-rotor is designed ultimately to be like, like a, a hill climb car. Right. And, and it doesn't matter what that car gets, as long as it's, capable that's exciting and for youtube i can fund it through youtube it, but i'm not going to win any races you know i'm not going to have any purse money and so i was like man what if i did that that's with a good, it? that's a goodwood car He's yeah bring that thing to goodwood and oh, run up the be, hill you know yeah that'd, that'd that would be a, an honor yeah but yeah so the indy car is kind of like the reason the indy car is like imagine me testing my billet engine my billet engines in a fd it gets really boring really quick. Yeah. Okay, cool. Rob blew another motor in his FD. But if I put it into an Indy car, which is the ultimate goal, and blow it at 12,000 RPM, I'm collecting data. The audience is entertained. Mm-hmm. I get my R&D paid for. Okay. So that's, that's kind of that's where I'm going with it. So you're putting a rotary in this thing? Ultimately, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But in the meantime... The, I the, bought the original Cosworth. So I get... Because I, so, I need to understand the car before I... Uh-huh. Bastardize it. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes sense. So that that in a weird way, that's that's how my brain is thinking this and will wh- work. Remind, I, I heard before. What year yeah. is a car? Uh, Ninety seven. So does it have a sequential gearbox? Yeah, six okay. speed sequential with a lever, yeah, not a little, paddles. A little wooden level. And lever. does it have it has the adjustable sway bars and all that shit or no? There, um, there are no sway bars on it right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. But this is this seems like a fucking very dangerous idea. It, it is. It is. The building the four rotor was pretty dangerous. This, I I recognize that the Indy car is very dangerous, and that's that's why it, it's not meant to be like a rushed project. Uh-huh. But it is meant to be a, a a weird, like okay, there there's a there's a point to what I'm doing. Um, well, you're kind of like putting it in qualifying trim, but with your own engine, which is weird enough. The the Cosworth I bought is actually a qualifying engine. I, I, a guy from uh, Cosworth messaged me. He goes, uh, "You have a red tag." Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's happening? Yeah, <laughs> I um, like his jacket. That's yeah, fucking cool. That's a cool. That's a cool. That is a cool jacket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so the uh, yeah, the, even the engine's got a little red tag, and they're like, oh, "You know, that's a qualifying engine." And I, I don't know shit about Cosworth. Yeah, but I, I know what I want it to sound like, and so. What um, is the uh, what is the layout of that engine? It's a, a V8, uh-huh. a two point six five liter. Um, you know, it's. I, I mean, I'm not turbo a piston turbo, engine. Yeah, it's turbo. Right, yeah. yeah, turbo methanol. I think it, they said it made like eight hundred to nine hundred, depending on the track. Wow. So yeah, and it's used. Yes. So it's not okay. So it's not yeah, a brand it's not, new. Not brand engine. new. Yeah. I wonder oh what, what does it take to get it to run? Um, uh, they supplied the wiring harness. Okay. Because they were taking so long to get the engine shipped to me. So they're like, hey, we're sorry, but we have one wiring harness. Do you want it? I said, no, because I do all my own wiring. And they're like, well, we'll, we'll send it to you for 
you know, wasting your time sort of yeah. thing. And so I have this full wiring harness, 16 injectors yeah. on the engine, two per two injectors per cylinder, and then they have four more that go in front of the turbo. Wow. And wow. So, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so so that's pretty fucking cool. It is really awesome. <laughs> and so fortunately, you know, I I, I mean, all the, like I said, all the stuff I've learned from the four rotor. It all applies to that Indy car. I can rebuild that Indy car. I mean, you should probably put the Indy car engine in the FD. That would. I, that's I mean, the only that's, time you would that, ever see you know, that. Because you know that company, the company uh, Lanzante. You know, uh-uh. there's, there's this company in Europe that bought a storage unit full of tag Formula One engines, oh. turbo V's, tag turbo V6s. Wow. And what they decided to do is put them in Porsche 930s, and so you Ooh. can buy from them. It's mil. It's it's over a million dollars. I don't know what the fuck it costs. It's very very expensive. But you can. And some of these engines were used. Some of these engines were new. Some of these engines won races, like with like Nicky Lauda driving. And so you basically Jeez, and they work. Yeah. They they make them they make them run. I don't know if they run on pump gas, but they yeah. make them run in the car. You can't yeah. physically drive the car. And you so they're selling. It's like a they're like Porsche 930 turbos, but with straight up. Formula One engines in them. That's insane. And so you, you, you know, sometimes they'll put a little plate on the back that says, you know, this engine, second place Monaco 1983 or whatever it was. Wow. And uh, so, yes, you should put an IndyCar engine in a regular car and yeah. then take your fucking FD engine and you put it in the IndyCar. Yeah. Now, now we've got some content yeah. going. Okay, you know, I've got a question for you because you're probably the, the voice of most reason in, in this world to me. <laughs> and that says a lot. <laughs> I have... The first or only, it's the same thing, six-rotor E-shaft meant for turbocharging. Okay. It, that is a use. Six rotors? Six rotors in a row. It's the size of this table? Yeah, it's, it's 40 <laughs> inches long. Uh, it's actually what? as long as our, as our uh, V12s. Same, as same, long as a V12? Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, and so I, I had it heat-treated and meant for uh, turbocharging. Okay. Because that, that engine already naturally aspirated has way too much torque. Okay. And so what I'm trying to think of is the... I, the audience wants to see it in a car. I care about the engine. Obviously, that's my thing. I'm not, you sure. know, but I'm going to turbocharge this thing. Probably two turbos. So it'll be two three rotors out of phase, opposite phasing. Um, so it should Wait. sound. Two three rotors, but connected. With essentially. One, with one shaft. Yeah, yeah, so it's all one shaft. It is one, it's physically one long shaft, but the, the, the rotor timing on a three rotor is. 120 degrees, 120 degrees, you know. Uh-huh. And so on, on a six rotor, it's 120 degrees, 120 degrees, zero. And then it phases 50%. And oh, so it's okay. at 72, uh-huh. you know. And so, so it'll sound, so I'm thinking I'm going to do one turbo for the first set of three rotors. Right. Another okay. turbo. Sure. And so I'm trying to think of the right chassis to put. And this is going to make a lot of fucking power. A lot right? of torque oh and horsepower, like uselessly. I mean, I feel, and it's the length of a V12. Yes. I, I, my, I'm going straight Aston Martin. Yeah. I mean, I feel, okay, like, yeah, I feel yeah, like the yeah. Aston Martin, if you could find a, a trashed Vanquish, yep. like a 2002 to 2006 Vanquish, would be, because that car is so pretty, and it's muscular and tough, but by modern Aston V12 standards, it's a small car. Okay. It can still fit, the, you know, it fits the engine, but yeah. if you park a, a V12, like I have one, if you park a V12 Vanquish, Next to a modern DBS, it's a lot smaller. Okay, and okay. Uh, that would be the jam. Okay, right? Yeah, yeah. I, would, like, I would say any like, or you could do an F50 
Or sorry, Ferrari 550, because they used to run oh, them. They yeah. race them in Le Mans, like Pro Drive style. Yeah. So they have that racing history. So Because this is going to be a yeah. gnarly engine. Yeah. I think, I think you definitely put in something that had a V12 that used to be, that was fast. I wouldn't yeah. put in a Rolls Royce or something like that. Yeah. No. Because it's going to scream like an F1 car. Yeah, you're right. It will scream. Dude. Let's see. What yeah. else What else has a fucking E12? So I mean, I, the fans want to see a, a Viper, but here's why I'm against a Viper. It looks mm. like an FD. It, it's too much of the same. <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're definitely right. It kind of does. It's, 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 if I was going to just say, yep, YouTube, this is what popular vote is, it would be a Viper. But I just, I, I, you're, I knew you'd have that sort of realm of a GT car. Like yeah. A, like, a, like a Grand Touring vehicle. I, I really, I'm really going to Aston Martin on this one. I feel like that would be really cool. Yeah. That would be, that would be the shit. Oh, man. What would... What else has a V12 front engine V12 that's, I mean, you could really go subversive on it and do like a Mercedes SC, a CL600, like a S600 coupe, like oh, yeah. big body. Yeah. True. You could do a big body coupe. I feel like something big and heavy with, I mean, that, that's going to make a lot of torque and power anyway, yeah. but I just, I just picture that kind of engine because it's so known for like revving to high, you know, yeah. putting so, it yeah. in something lighter. What I was trying to do to be financially smart was buy like a, a, a Diablo that with a blown engine and get all the parts so I, my Diablo will always have spare parts and then this is kind of some Frankenstein project uh, that has That's not a good idea. yeah and I mean I think your Diablo there are going to be parts for that car you know let's, it's not so? hard to get vintage Lamborghini parts they okay. keep up they could be expensive but they keep up with that yeah I can't imagine buying a Diablo parts car <laughs> is a financially <laughs> no, sound move compared to not. just buying the parts that you would need yeah, to keep I, your car it was a thought shit. that did not uh, materialize oh, that'd be really expensive <laughs> yeah. I think. yeah I mean unless you went to some like crazy like vintage sports racer kind of thing right i was thinking like a 275 like a gto yeah something that had a v12 and you go real old school yeah. but you have to get a replica and then i don't know if you want to put well, in a replica that's and is, it could so it work clout. something that had an inline six in it as well originally that's a pretty long engine so yeah. you could go like a Datsun 240z although it would twist that fucking thing like a pretzel yeah you yeah. know yeah because um, we're, we're talking definitely at, at least a thousand foot pounds of torque so it's it's <laughs> it's obnoxious i, I know it, the thing is that, that that's kind of like a halo engine you know, it's meant to be a YouTube like yeah. wild thing and a proof of concept, but it is not in any stretch of imagination going to be a competitive engine. It's 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 too much weight, too yeah, big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if so, if it's already going to be too heavy to be able to like you know turn laps in a in a in a autocross or anything like yeah. that, you might as well go touring. Yeah, right. Yeah. You might as well yeah. go, you might as well go touring, and that's why I come back to Aston Martin. Vanquish would be great. Or even like a DB7 could be pretty okay. cool. Okay. That doesn't it. look like an FD. <laughs> it looks like a Jag a little bit, but yeah. not an FD. Or a fucking Rapide. What about a Jag? What about a Ooh. Rapide? Make a sedan. Okay. That's cool. Okay, that's, Rapides that's... and they're cheap. Yes. Nobody they are. wants Rapides. I bet Rapides <laughs> are cheaper than fucking Vanquishes right now. Yeah. Um, that could be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it has a lot of space. Because it's a four-door that doesn't really have four seats, even though it has four yeah. seats. So, like, if you had to move the seats back or something to fit more engine in yeah, there, that'd you be, could, yeah, that'd you be could do well. that thing where you put the driver's seat, like, in the back seat. And you oh, have my that God. crazy oh. long steering shaft. Ooh, <laughs> that would look really good. Make it a two-seater. Yeah, oh, speaking of, of steering wheels, uh, I haven't told this uh, publicly, but this is, this is this is not, like, a secret or anything like that. You're not but, putting a yoke on that car, are you? No, <laughs> but on the, on the Indy car, yeah. I am actually machining a, an adapter plate so that way I can use a video game steering wheel on the, you know, cause they, you know, they have all these racing sims, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I want to take a, like, it's a Thrustmaster like open wheel steering wheel. It's, it's aluminum. It's a real beefy yeah. thing. And I'm making it so that you could take it off of that and then put it onto your racing sim. 
Because I mean, like, that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah if I thought that, like, oh, you know, I took is it my safe. Is that safe? Is it a good? I'm not. Idea? Gonna, I'm, I don't know if I'll race it like that. But <laughs> I, I just, race it like that like, I just, I just like the idea is hilarious. That it's already a, like a video game car. Like, how cool would it be? Oh. Oh. I mean, it's a good Aww. video idea. Really, you really get a lot of a lot of man love. <laughs> yes, don't you? It's it's, handsome, it's my, ch- my channel is a bromance. Handsome channel. man. There's a lot yes. of man love going on. I I'm very thankful. And for that, that guy who who was dedicating his love to yeah. you had someone filming him dedicating Dedicate. his love to yeah. you. Do you think that's his that's his content? I think so. Do you think he just goes around professing his love for I, YouTube? I, I, I thought that was special. Like I thought that was special. It. I thought that was just for me. It, but, was it might, not, might not have been. The last guy with that coat was pretty good. You guys yeah. Really got, look at this guy's fucking shirt, man. You really <laughs> see some shirts. You yeah. really see some outfits here at SEMA. It's, it's exact. What there's, is? There's, there's a lot of expression, <laughs> self-expression out here. Have you, uh, have you uh, seen anything that's really appealing at the show? Anything? If we um, might as well talk the, about SEMA since yeah. we're here. Um, God, space. Every time a there's, fucking phone rings, I think it's me. I'm so paranoid about that. <laughs> you know, space. The, yeah, there's, there's space to, to not... You know, to, to walk around and it, I enjoy it. There's that tables to sit down at. I actually, th- that is such a positive thing to me this year. You know, making light of the the challenges. It's just like I can actually sit down and eat my food. And, you know, because like those hallways where you eat. Oh my like, god, where people sit, would be like in the, in the corners yep, and stuff. Yeah, that was me. So this year it's not. I can actually sit at a table. Like we walked human. around and it was uh, Broncos everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bro- this Broncos. is definitely the year of the Bronco. Lots of C8s, lots of C8 Corvettes, bunch of Supras. Yep. And, I mean, not, not a lot of other modern sports cars. A lot, there's really. a lot of hot rod. A lot of yeah. hot rod, a lot of throwback yeah. stuff, a lot of vintage shit. Yeah, it's yeah. true. And a lot of EV-swapped uh, old yeah. mu- muscle cars and classics. That seems to, well, I mean, not that I'm shocked, but that, that seems to be the, uh, the high trend right now is yeah. how to EV-swap your... Uh, whatever it is, yeah. have you have you fucked with any of the EV stuff yet? I'm 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 admitting the reality of that and avoiding it, but I'm probably gonna have to incorporate that at some point. Uh, my dad's a big you know electrical engineer, so he's obsessed with it. So as a kid, you're not like all about what your dad's about, and so I was avoiding EV for a while, and then. Well, you could do like an EV torque vectoring all-wheel drive system along with an the internal rotary. combustion. Because yeah. the rotary with the low torque at the bottom, EV with the high torque at the bottom. Ooh, and also the rotaries, you could, you could use that as a generator yeah. also. Yeah. You, know, you could build a small rotary. And I think some company has that. Some company's Mazda, got an extended range hybrid that has a rotary generator. They're CX30 Is that, is that Mazda? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah that, well, that would make sense. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like a smooth, high-revving engine would make a very good generator yeah. for, for, for power. Yeah. I think, I think this, these last three shows is like the longest we've gone without talking about EVs. We've yeah. had, really had a streak of heavy EV content for a while. Well, we had a lot of EV press cars, and yeah. some of our guests had EV press cars and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, we are seeing it move in here, because I remember I was here at SEMA like four years ago, five years ago, and it was right when... EVs were kind of really on the tip of everybody's tongue. And you're looking out over the sea of like Holly and different carburetor manufacturers and everything. You're like, this is all going to have to adapt. And it yeah. seems like that's what we're really seeing yeah. this year. That's true. Yeah, Holly just did their, their mid this month, they're doing a, a whole like electronic festival. Yeah. And I'm like, man, they're, you know, the guys, the marketing team at Holly is really good. Yeah. So the, they bought are, Detroit Speed, we learned oh, yesterday. Really? Yeah, they now own Detroit Speed, which is, uh, is good for, good for well, our friends at Detroit Speed. I didn't know that Holly owns LS Fest. So, oh, yeah. So yeah. When, I, when I went and snuck in there, I thought it was just like a, a community event thing. 
and didn't realize there's a whole marketing team behind it. And so mm-hmm. they, they had me like every step of the way, they had me one upped. They put me in that LS Fest jail and everything like that. And it looks, honestly, if you watch the video, it looks like I planned this, like to like ham up the fact that I was, you know, bringing in a, a LS or a rotary swap Corvette to their event. They had post wanted posters in my face saying, you know, like that I'm wanted, you know, 10 LS Fest shirts if they find me, like, they were one step ahead of me on, you know. That's really funny. That's hilarious. This, yeah, yeah. So those guys, those guys are awesome. They, they took what the t- they took this inner this counterculture energy that I was taking to the mm-hmm. event, and then they embraced it, and so they put me in their own little jail, and it was just like such a, a cool example of how a marketing company could do it right. Yeah. And uh, I'm very very impressed with that. Every so once in a while, the the suits nail one. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But they 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 seem like good spirited people. The Holly people. Yeah. I've yeah. Had good experiences with them. Yeah, they've been they've been wonderful. Yeah, they actually ended up that me having the Corvette get caught up in LS Fest jail. They own all of Earl's fittings, like Earl's hoses and all that. Oh, really? Yeah, and so they actually ended up donating, you know, hoses for me to do all my oil lines and coolant lines. And so the four rotor became possible to run at that SEMA because of Holly. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So it all, it all like accidentally worked out. That's cool. very smart. Smart of them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we need we need to see that that crazy engine in Aston Martin. We need to see the we need to see the Indy car motor. Yeah, that would be very subversive to see the Indy car motor in a regular car. Yeah, like that. in like in a fucking not an even FD like a regular. You should put it in like a regular ass car. There we go. Buy an Accord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like something like really really boring. Yeah. An know? old A8. You know. That, I mean, actually, like a big luxury sedan with an Indy car engine. Screaming at 14,000 RPM. Yeah, it would be fucking wild. Wow. I feel like Scott would put that in one of his 90 cars. Like, he he would, would, you know. Yeah. 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 Like that, I liked his Audi. You see Scott's Audi yeah, outside? Yeah. It looks yeah. dope. I'm going to be honest and say his looks way better than Ken's. Like the, uh, well, the, Ken's looks like an S, yeah. it looks like an S, S1 yeah. short wheelbase. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's cool because yeah. that's what he's into. But, but Scott's looks like a fucking beautiful. touring car. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty rad. But yeah. I also feel like, kind of going back to your point earlier about how a lot of fenders being put on FDs were really square, it seems like the manufacturing abilities might have changed on over fenders because i'm seeing more creative round smoother shapes like the bronco we saw over there that had you know aftermarket fenders bolted to the bottom. oh that thing up, up on gorgeous. stage that was, like was curvy cool interesting i think that was, was vaughn's i think it was it, was, it said it was something fun about fun having it on it i think that was vaughn's yeah but we also saw some other cars around here where it seems like the over fenders are actually staying kind of true to the original design yeah. instead of just going Here's what we can make, and you're like, why is a round thing on a square car, or yeah. vice versa? Yeah, so, yeah, that yeah. that makes a lot of sense because like, it, I realize if I can do it, or if I'm uh, exposed to it, it's it's already has some level of market like mm-hmm. saturation or penetration because like I'm not the cutting edge guy yet, and so it's neat that okay, these 3D panels that are being made for my car, like these guys, these, there's a bunch of younger guys just making this stuff happen, and they're they have a CNC machine, so they have a huge machine cutting this big thing of wood. And then they, they paint the wood, they laminate it with some sort of like plasticky material, and then they make a mold from that. And it, it, was, it was like, oh, okay, I guess that, that makes sense. But it's the coolest, like, when it makes, like, when it looks simple, then you're like, okay, that's a process that can be, you know, done. Replicated, yeah. Yeah, yeah replicated. You yeah. kind of use, like, you like, watch them do model. it, right? Yeah. 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 Go, oh, well, that makes sense. And I, I would ne- I'm not a creative guy like uh-huh. that. I, but once I see it, I'm like, oh, my God, I could work with that. Yeah. You ever try casting anything? No. The guys in New Zealand, we met, we met some crazy dudes down there, and this guy could, like, 
Yeah, I could cast you an intake manifold in my shed. I was like, what? what? Yeah, how? Crazy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It seems very dangerous. Yeah. Hot aluminum. <laughs> it seems like maybe this is not something. Well, you can go on YouTube and look up how to make your own iron forge out of like a brake rotor. But yeah. it's very small, but it seems incredibly risky. The, the business next to my new building is a is a, a casting and stamping place. Forge. And, Ooh. and they make parts for Shelby. Whoa. Yeah. So, like, if we actually needed something, like, we could literally walk next door. <laughs> and the guy behind me builds roll cages for demolition derby cars. He's, like, 80. He's got all this junk all over his place. Yes. All these old Volkswagens. And then he's got these, like, cells. Like, he, like, like literally imagine, like, a cage with, like, a seat, a kirky seat in it, like, but no car. And he's got... Hey, he's got racks and racks of these like things. Like clearly, he just has like cars, and he just like shoves these cells into it and like sticks it in, and like instant demo derby That's cars. Cool. Yeah, be a good time. So if we need a cage made, that guy's that guy's right next door. Yeah. Is, um, there, is there a skill that you want to learn, like, or do you just kind of learn as you go and figure out what you need to know next week? Well, you know, uh, the the skills I, I I'm I guess I'll put it this way: YouTube. If you're not capable of doing something and it's a knowledge or education-based thing, YouTube makes that excuse go away. I literally sat, I bought a CNC machine, and I'm like, I do not know how to use this damn thing. I don't. And I, I lock myself in the shop the whole week, and I'm like, my goal is to be able to have the machine grab a different tool and then just do one line across the top of a piece of metal. That was my goal. And I, I watched all these other YouTubers, and, you know, these, you know they're not watching a CNC YouTuber is not exactly the most entertaining, <laughs> yeah. but, but they were educational. <laughs> yeah. And by the end of the week, the weekend, I was able to do exactly what I said. And I'm like, okay, I can learn these things from these guys that are very passionate. They're not doing it for YouTube money because right. they're not getting the views, but they're, they're putting that content out there. So welding, uh, CNC, so you know, fabricating, all those sort of things, those are things that I, skills that I have proficient levels of, of because of other people putting that stuff out there online. And so um, at this point, uh, I can tune for power, but but I think going back to the point of of uh, suspension, that's that's my next frontier of understanding how to make the car handle. Yeah, straight line stuff. It, it, straight line stuff is 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 a realm that I'm getting better and better and better at um, pushing limits. But but making a car turn and downforce are the two things that I'm I'm. Um, and it's, the Indy car is kind of like cheating, but that's that's kind of where my next yeah. realm is is understanding aero the suspension. And you want to talk about some dry reading material, suspension geometry books. Yes. That is some dry ass one, reading and material. It was, and it was only, you know, it looks like it's 50 pages thick. And I bought it and it showed up. I was like, oh, I can read this quickly. And I opened it and I realized it's basically a textbook that had been printed on larger paper. So it was like four <laughs> pages per page. Very dense. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, it's tuned to win and it's great. And it's like, here are the fundamentals of like scrub yeah. and king angle and all yep. these things. But, you know, you just got to put the time in and read it. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, got to so. read every page five times yes, as yep, well. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. the my retention is not great on that stuff. <laughs> CNC is not easy either. I no. mean, I took a class in it in college, and you, we were carving like, uh, I don't know, like our, you had to like carve your name into this like block. My shit was real janky. It did not. <laughs> I did not put the appropriate amount of effort into that. Uh, into that, it's, yeah. it seemed like has it gotten? In the, I mean, the control systems must be better than they were in two thousand. I, I can't comment on the 2000, but I can tell you that the new systems are attempting to be like an Apple 
yeah. in your face where okay. you feel like I, I have this thing that comes down and automatically touches the surface and tells you the height. Uh huh. You know, so you're saving yourself a lot of very manual. No, we had time. to like literally plug in like yeah. the most basic. It was like it was like a fucking IBM computer yeah. from 1983. Basically. You know what's hard though is like say say you're gonna cut something like a water bottle like this shape. It, it, the problem sir, is less about can I make this, can I cut this thing? Yes, but it's like how am I going to hold it so the machine doesn't throw it across the room oh, yeah. when I go to do a second cut to clean up the other side? Oh, like that yeah. is that your that problem solving is actually the wild yeah. wild part of CNC. Like, what about three D printing? You doing that yet? I, you know, I haven't gotten into it. I really haven't gotten into three D printing, and and that would make sense. My brother does a lot of that. Mm-hmm. He's, he has a fuel system company for McLarens. And so he, what? He, he he sells upgraded fuel systems for McLaren. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's got oh. yeah. So he's got he had his twelve C, but he has like seven twenties and uh-huh. you know all the, that. Oh, genes. Yeah, cool. And so he you know he originally three D printed the fuel head for that you know as a proof of concept mm-hmm. sizing, and then went to CNC and cut it. But so I, my brother does a lot of that. But That's cool. Yeah, I don't. Three D printing can be very useful. I mean, yeah, I believe that. Even I, just one of the guys who works for me in the shop, like, does basic 3D printing. But, like, the shit he makes is re- real useful yeah. around the shop. Like, yeah. he just made this, like, we have, you know, we have a detailing area, right? So he just, like, he's like, I keep having to, like, do this with the bottles, you know, like, you, to get the end of a bottle of shampoo out. Yeah. So he just, like, made this thing that holds the bottles upside down. So now it's just, they're ready to go. Yeah. And, like, I have, like, our main door to get in. It's, like, one of those, you know, that's got the push bar. Like, right. Like, right, an right. Emergency door. And he just, like, he's, like, came in one day with this, like, cuff that just, like, holds the push bar closed so you don't get locked out. I was, like, yeah. he's, like, yeah, I just made this shit at home. I was, like, this is fucking great. This is, like, a really useful skill Yeah, to have. and that thing works perfectly. Huh? It fits perfectly. The cuff yeah, thing? Yeah. The cuff it thing is awesome. It slides off and on. It's great. Yeah. He sells them on Etsy. Yep. You can buy them on Etsy. I don't know what it's called on Etsy, but he does he does sell them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, that's like really useful. Yeah, it, it's really wild because like I made like uh, so you know a turbocharger. You know the air comes out of the turbocharger. And it's like a two inch. It depends on the turbo, but it's, we'll say it's a two inch diameter. Yeah, I have a three inch tube over here, so I made this cone that just it was more of an aesthetic thing where it just graduated from two to three inches yeah. in a certain. It, it looks like it looks like it was meant to be, and like holding that cone was really tough, but. And it looks so simple when you're done. You you know you've done a good job when you realize when nobody notices it. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's some of the best work in the world. Yeah. From my background in IT, you know that you've done a good job when nobody knows the computer system working or not. They're just like it just is. Yeah. Right? They're complaining about something else. Yeah. And so on my on my cars, like when it just works and you don't you kind of move on, it feels so unsatisfying that I just wasted all this time making this machine piece. But at the same time, it's done and that's it works. That's why you have to you have to. Do a little thing on it that says like I made this yeah. like on it, yeah. you know, like that dude Steve Maxwell who mm-hmm. did the Ferraris and he, you know, this he built this um batshit DeLorean that I just drove oh, with man. a Kia Stinger GT engine in the back. Yeah. But he he made this like plate that goes with the top and and, and CNC you know DMC in it and like it, he tried to like he dressed it up as if it would have come from DeLorean with oh, all these cool. like neat little details that you don't even notice at first but then you're like wow that's actually like the most thoughtful thing ever yeah that, that, that nice. is badass well this was fun dude thank yeah, you for joining us absolutely you come, uh, yeah we basically hit oh do we all, have questions we've um, we've hit all those topics people brought up oh great actually, except cool what someone else you got? asked uh um what got you into cars yeah well truthfully the diablo the diablo, <laughs> the diablo second grade uh, and you know what's weird is that that is is genuinely the adrenaline I mean, I guess we're all adrenaline junkies in a sense, but but that that top speed thing, that was a childhood obsession. That and playing the violin, which 
I don't know. I don't know why very, you're those. <laughs> very, very yeah. different. Very weird. Very weird. I cried when my when I missed the, like the the school teacher like signing everybody up for uh, like musical instruments, like the recorder and whatnot. I was like super upset. But anyway, like, fuck you. I'm gonna go yeah. buy a Diablo one. Yeah, day. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't play the violin, so I'm gonna just buy a Diablo. That that was it. Was an either or in second grade. Um, but uh, so yeah, it, it, that was an, a weird. I don't. I can't explain why I fixated. And then uh, after that, it's just been uh, kind of. Anytime I get that rush, you know, that, that, there's that rush in each different type of motorsport, uh, and I'm not even really good at it. And I, I, but the improving and going faster and all that, that's just a, such a feeling alive. And so that, that I think that there's some level of deep psychological reason why I love cars so much. Uh, you just, and I love building. That's the weird part too. But, but yeah, when I, run, when I run those cars, I built that car and it works. Oh my God. That's got to be the most What an overwhelming, like, yeah. this is so dumb because doing a burnout is not a big deal. Like, doing a, doing a burnout is not like a, an achievement. But when Scotto, you know, I, I, and I, I don't fangirl, but like, when I saw Gymkhana 7 and they, they had, they pulled all those permits to have that, that unicorn go all across LA. And I, I was in Michigan and I'm not, I, LA was like this, like, mythical place to me. You know, like, all that added up. And then for Scotto to, to uh, be the guy that's like, hey, you want to do this all-wheel drive burnout at our burn yard, and the Hoonicorn was there and all this. And it was wild because we were going to hook the car up to just one toe strap, or to two toe straps, so it was going to hold the car square. And Scott goes, you know how to use the brake, right? And I'm like, yeah. They took one of the toe straps off so the car would wave back and forth Whoa. while I was doing that all-wheel drive burnout. But just to have that vehicle prove itself in front of that whole audience, first, I'd n- I had not done a, a, a chained-up burnout ever all-wheel drive most people have yeah yeah that's yeah. not something that's people practice yeah. yeah but so for the that to be such an extreme shock uh load challenge on that vehicle and it to work flawlessly oh my god what a what a insane moment in my life and yeah. and it was neat because scotto talked to me for a while just kind of like how it inspired him and i'm like how, how cool is that i don't know you know just connects yeah there's so many making the circle is yeah is crazy yeah. yeah so yeah yeah what got me into cars has just been that that feedback of that just getting more and more crazy yeah wow that's great man that's yeah. awesome yeah good times good times well thanks yeah. for joining us dude yeah. appreciate yeah. it it's a really good show yeah, you're well, a fucking maniac <laughs> you're out of your mind i like it i'm getting there yeah i gotta come i have to come see this indie car yeah it's oh, in yeah. ontario yeah, yeah. yeah it's on, I yeah, right come, off the airport yeah, yeah i gotta come see this okay thing. this is yeah. so silly yeah especially once that. you can figure out how to start it yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got like i said i got a company helping me make the the like gatling gun engine in the car it's sitting right next to it okay yeah, because you need that the, the rolling cart thing to start yeah, it, right? Yeah. Do you have to? You need an oil preheater also. Uh, I'm well, being that we're in Valvoline's booth, I'm just gonna run it w- without preheating it too much. Like, okay. I, I don't, really don't have. Like, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I might toast that motor, but we'll see. Wow. Hopefully, hopefully you don't. Yeah. That'll be a shame. Yeah. Could you? Could that be one I, expensive coffee table? Yeah. Do we know anyone that used to like build indie motors that? You should call I, I, Well, that's like, my best part about YouTube is that people have reached out. They're like, hey, I used like to work Steph on those. Papadakis? Like someone who's like, no, no, you, you need know. heat it up or, I don't know, yeah. or dining. And I think he was a little after that. Okay. There's a guy at Mountain of all places. Oh, that, yeah. That, Ken? Yeah. Ken yeah. would know. He yeah. would definitely know. He reached yeah. out to me. Because oh, don't cool. they work on, like, DFVs? I think they work on Cosworth yeah. DFVs. Yep. He, yeah, yeah. And he used to work on my engine series. Yeah. He, yeah, he I said, think hey. you might have to preheat the oil. Yeah, okay, I don't okay. Think, I'm glad I you mentioned that. I think the tolerances are too tight. I don't okay. think yeah. you can just crank yeah, it. Yeah, just Google it. You know? yeah. I think if you just out. put that starter on there without it, I think you would just roast the fucking rings Okay, well, right I'm, glad you meant, I'm glad you asked because I didn't know. And so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, they hook these things up to these portable oil preheating yeah. machines. They're really okay. weird. 
Yeah. I don't even I'll, know I'll where you find I'll, one of them. You know what I'll do is I'll just run an oil line from my four rotor. Yeah. Back, you know, like yeah. blood, blood yeah. transfusion. That would be. That's kind of what it is. Like that blood. would actually probably work. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe it, but that yeah. probably would work. <laughs> yeah. There must be some reason. Someone will find a reason to tell me why that won't work. Yeah. But I'm just going to go with you. Yeah. That'll definitely too. work. That's a great video. Yeah. And if yeah. you did, it's a, it is a perfect video. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's wow. our Good show stuff, for guys. today. We're uh, back tomorrow with Freddy Tavarish Hernandez, who has even weirder fucking <laughs> shit boxes than you. <laughs> yeah. He just he just told me he has thirty cars. He needs to like, stop. He has so a, selling a bunch him. of them. He has a real problem. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, and uh, you know where to find Rob on fucking his YouTube channel. That's where all the things are. See you later. <laughs>